0: Broadcasting live from the ESPN six ninety editorial Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. You only can go left or right or up the middle, you know. It's not like you could do some other stuff, right? You go <laughs> left to right or up the middle. Right. They call it different things depending on which guard is
1: pulling, if you're pulling a tackle versus a center, but it's still somebody pulling.
0: Yes, all the pressure is certainly on Sean McVay, in my opinion, because you took a guy that took you to a Super Bowl in a couple playoff appearances and won some divisions to the point where there was no return. You had to make a late-season decision on who to start at quarterback. So it's boom or bust for the Rams. It totally is. Either they go to the Super Bowl or it's a bust. This year. Oh, absolutely. Hmm. That's Keyshawn, J. Williams, Zubin, ESPN 690 air every morning, 6 a.m. until 10 a.m. Uh, from the Jacksonville area all the way up towards Savannah and down where I was yesterday. I still th- I'm still, amazed. we got Winter Springs floor 136 miles away. You can hear it loud and clear on ESPN 690. Of course, you can get us all over the world on the Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. So... Uh, you can hear ESPN 690 wherever you want to. That was an interesting comment. Rams obviously have a lot in this year. They've put a lot into the last few years, Austin, because of trading away draft picks and accumulating players like Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Aaron Donald's been so good. I don't know if the window's near closing, but he's been so good. You want to capitalize then. And they go acquire Matthew Stafford. Although, when they acquired him, I I wasn't so sure that meant Super Bowl or bust for them. Yeah, Uh, Matthew Stafford's still relatively young. (laughs) So, uh, if they want to hang on to him and they like where they're going with him, uh, paying him a lot of money, I get it. But I don't know if I feel that way, Super Bowl or bust. Although, after last year where they knocked on the door a bit, if they upgrade quarterback, one could say the natural progression might be to win that NFC.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get the sense with the Rams, we talk about it it seems like on a yearly basis now, is they give up their first-round picks, they essentially give up their future for the now, right? We saw it with Jalen Ramsey a little bit, now you've seen it with Matt Stafford. It's, I don't know, it seems like they always find a way to, you know, correct themselves, if you will. I think they did that when they got rid of Todd Gurley, they bring in Cam Akers, now Cam Akers looks like to be the featured back in L.A., but I just, I think the the whole narrative is coming from, listen, you gave up so much draft capital for the now, so you better win now. Because in the next couple of years with the salary cap, you might be in trouble. Now, you know how I feel about the salary cap. It doesn't exist. It's just a myth and urban legend. But I can see the narrative where people are concerned of, if you guys don't write this thing pretty soon, the next couple of years could be problems.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know how long that is or or not. It just I don't know if it's just this year. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. And you know, and listen, McVeigh had was such the hot guy in the NFL that if you you know had shaken his hand, you got a job type of thing. Yeah. Um. Then they disappointed, and then they bounced back last year and do well. And so I don't know if he's like the apple of the NFL eye, <laughs> but <laughs> He certainly has gained momentum back. I wonder when that loses some steam if he doesn't get back to the big one. Because he did it so early, he became this young genius, if you will, going up against Bill Belichick. But if you don't go back to the big game for then a handful of years, six, seven years, and that starts growing and growing, that will certainly lose the luster for a guy like McVeigh.
1: Well, especially nowadays, it seems like even though you go to the Super Bowl, it doesn't really guarantee you anything. We saw it with Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson went to the Super Bowl and won it against the Patriots a couple years ago, and now where's Doug Peterson at, right? So it's not the end-all, be-all if you're a Super Bowl champion or even if you go. But I will say, I think the way that Sean McVeigh has handled that offense, the way he's shown the ability to adapt and evolve, I think that's bought him a little more time. Now I'm not sure, you know, what that locker room presence is, what the culture is like, but all I know is Sean McVay being an offensive guy, took a step forward last year with some could arguably say a lot less than they had when they went to the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Brent Martineau here at Top of the Tee at Fleming Island Golf Club. We've been here before with the show. It's a fun place to be. Think a little bit Top Golf esque but over here uh, in Fleming Island and attached to the golf course, too. It's, it's a great concept, a great idea. Charles Rawlson and everybody here at Fleming Island Golf Club have done. Uh, by the way, Fleming Island, a part of the Dream 18 card. You can go check that out, ESPN690.com. Great Father's Day gift coming up in the next month. Just $69 now for the Dream 18 golf card, a discounted golf for eight different area courses. And this is one of them. Uh, also some free stuff on there, too. So go check it out, ESPN690.com. So I'm here, Austin Lane, back in the Action Sports Shack Studios. Coos uh, as well. Programming reminder that the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp uh, will not be uh, on today. Their game postponed. It'll be a doubleheader tomorrow starting at 5.15 on ESPN 690, so our uh, show will get cut short by about 45 minutes to give way to the Jumbo Shrimp. uh, Obviously, um, we broadcast the games right here on ESPN 690. Big story today is the schedule. The Jag schedule being leaked. Uh, Most of it is out there. Uh, A good portion of it is out there from a leaking standpoint. Here's what we do know that's been confirmed. Houston Week 1. Do you like that, Austin? Uh, just to revisit a little bit of what we talked about. I don't. Uh, listen, there might not be an easier game on anybody's schedule on paper than Houston. I don't fall for that because I know how the NFL works. Yeah. and The Jaguars have been that easy game for many a people, and it hasn't turned out that way too over the years. I think this is a divisional game. Uh, who know if Deshaun Watson's playing? That's going to be a tough game, no matter what. They look like elsewhere. They look a mess in the offseason. It doesn't mean they can't win a football game in 2021. But on paper, that's not a bad start for Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer.
1: No, they can definitely win. You know, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. But at the same time, there's a reason why the Harlem Globetrotters play the Washington Generals. So you can showcase the talent a little bit. I think Houston, in terms of their offense and defense, gives you the best shot to showcase your talent on offense and defense. Now, if Deshaun Watson plays, well then, obviously the narrative changes a little bit. It. but the way it's looking right now we're not even sure if he's gonna be on the team yet where he stands in the court system like th- there's still a lot of stuff to to unravel here in houston but i think if you look at urban myers perspective first time head coach first nfl game um you know going against the defense that's lost some pieces obviously that's not in the in the top half of anything you like it from the offensive perspective if Deshaun watson sits out well, from Joe Collins' perspective, what do we have? We have a first-time defensive coordinator in his first regular-season game, going against who knows who the quarterback's going to be. Like you like that from Joe Collins as well. So I understand, like you know, there's the preseason trying to build your confidence up a little bit, but if the Jaguars show up, you know, and they do what we're expecting them to do, that could be a big confidence booster going into the regular season as well.
0: Yeah, there's a couple more um, games leaked out there. Uh, Ryan Halloran uh, used to work for the Florida Times Junior, now covers the Broncos. Says the Broncos are coming to Jacksonville in week two. That would be the season opener. Again, a Broncos team that right now has Drew Locke uh, is just okay, not great. Now, do they end up with Aaron Rodgers? I don't believe that's happening, but Vegas kind of believes that could happen uh, if Aaron Rodgers even plays. Vegas believes he could even retire. But the Broncos Jaguars, uh, you know, again, not confirmed by the team or the NFL, but. That would be a relatively good-looking home opener to maybe steal, right, Austin?
1: No, without a doubt. Um, you know, you want to make that good first impression at home. Your first home game in front of that crowd—that's probably going to be sold out because everybody wants to see the intrigue. Now, might be a little toasty, but that's okay. Taking on a Denver Broncos team, or once again, what's their quarterback situation going to look like? Um, on defense, yeah, they have some, you know, some key components, but they've been struggling the past couple years. So, I mean. To have the Texans-Broncos back-to-back, from a confidence standpoint, if everything goes the way that you're planning it to go, you couldn't ask for a better matchup.
0: If you're looking at the leaked schedule stuff, Cardinals would then play the Jaguars the following week. Jaguars at Bengals on Thursday night football. Uh, And then the Titans-Jaguars after that. And then the Dolphins-Jaguars in London. And that's the only other game that we know is confirmed by the league and by the team Mm -hmm. and by everybody over in London that is the Dolphins and Jaguars. The, obviously, the interesting part of this, Austin, is the fact that they they are the closest teams that they would play on the schedule. And they've got to go across the pond to play. But uh, Miami is a good football team, not an unbeatable football team. True. Yeah, I mean...
1: I don't know how you feel because obviously with the Miami game, you know, they would travel here. So it would be a lot of Dolphins fans would probably be a sellout, honestly, depending how Miami's doing and depending how Jacksonville is doing. But it's going to be a great matchup across the pond. You know, like you talked about the storylines a little bit with Tua Tonga Viola and then you got Trevor as well. So, you know, as far as like the must see game in London, like are London fans going to appreciate it. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe maybe not. I think you could have had a better game there. But I think in terms of what you're missing out in Jacksonville, it's probably not so much.
0: What's interesting to me in this schedule, again, I could go all the way through it, uh, it but it's unconfirmed stuff. It it kind of looks right to me <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> from some of the things that I've heard. But uh, interestingly enough, Jags, if this schedule kind of is, is correct, could play four out of the last six on the road in December uh, in places like Nashville, New York, and New England, which could have some cold weather to it. So uh, there is that part of it. But they have a chance to get off to an early hot start in the heat uh, at home with three out of the first five in Jacksonville and technically another home game in London uh, in the first six weeks. So there is that opportunity. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars to get off to a decent start going into their bye week, again, if this schedule kind of shakes out the way mm-hmm. uh, many people think it is. Um, and, and we discussed that earlier in the show. You can always go back and listen to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 Podcast. Whether it's better to play the early heat games or, the, uh, or d- is there a bigger disadvantage to play the late cold weather games, certainly up for debate. Austin thinks uh, better to play the early heat games. You have more of an advantage that way than you would a disadvantage, especially the way this team is built. Uh, in the colder weather in December and January, I think what's eye popping about the schedule to me is the J- January ninth to see a regular season game. Mm-hmm. That's just a reminder that there's 17 games this year. Uh, also, that I mean that's usually like a playoff weekend, and so everything you have to remember is getting pushed back for the 17th game, and there will be three preseason games uh, along with with everything else. There are. The quarterbacks are always the the fun matchups. We talked about Trevor Lawrence. He could be against Zach Wilson and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. And potentially, depending on what San Fran does uh, and when they play them, Trey Lance. Depending on what New England is doing, by the way, in January, could be against Mac Jones Mm -hmm. if that's when they play the New England Patriots. But I also find it pretty interesting that the Jags play some teams that have intrigue at the quarterback spot that isn't young. Or not super young, not like rookie guys. And in the first two weeks, it says the story. Is Deshaun Watson going to play Austin? Yeah. Is Drew Locke going to be the guy now for Denver going forward? And, and is he is he any good? Uh, Miami and Tua, again, a young player, but what's the belief in him by week six, potentially, of the NFL season? And then, of course, you get a couple of games against the Colts, and Carson Wentz is not a shoe in to play good football, for the Indianapolis Colts. So it's interesting what they play at the quarterback spot from a youth standpoint and you love the matchups but also some of these interesting situations around the NFL that we've spent an entire offseason talking about.
1: No, with for sure yeah, for sure. I mean, it seems like the Deshaun Watson thing has kind of been swept underneath the rug a little bit just because of the other stories out there with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers and Tim Tebow now. Um we, Deshaun Watson's kind of been on the back burner. You know, that, I mean, listen, if that guy plays, it's going to be a huge difference as opposed to if he doesn't play. He's that dynamic and that great of a quarterback. I just think with all the allegations out there, um, like for me, for Deshaun Watson to actually play for the Houston Texans, those all have to go away. I still feel like if there's one out there, um, then the Texans won't play him. So you mean to tell me, and I don't even know what the number is up to, because uh, I know a couple, you know, went away. But I think we're in the twenties, if I'm not mistaken. You know, twenty of those allegations that are probably going to go through the court system, all that stuff. You mean to tell me that's going to be all finished and figured out by the time the NFL season starts? Man, I have a hard time believing that. I have a hard time yeah. believing they're just going to settle out of court for every single case. There's no way. So I'm not sure what the Vegas odds are if there are Vegas odds for Sean Watson playing. But I don't think it looks good for him to play week one um, for sure. So that's going to obviously benefit the Jaguars there. You know, with Drew Locke, I think it's going to be a true quarterback competition in Denver. I think that last year they gave Drew Locke his shot and he didn't take the ball and roll with it. So now it's like, all right, let's add some pressure to this kid. Let's see what he has. You know, Teddy Bridgewater, he's serviceable. He did okay in Carolina. I think it's actually an open competition there in Denver. So I'm not sure if it'll be Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater against the Jaguars, but I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it is Teddy Bridgewater.
0: Yeah, that's a good call, too. Uh, And so uh, some of these quarterback spots are in flux, and you just don't know. I also think if you remember Justin Herbert last year, one of the great moments he had was against New Orleans in prime time. Now, they ended up somehow losing that game. They, mm-hmm. they really blew it late. Mm-hmm. But he put on a show, and it was in prime time. And I wonder how much Trevor Lawrence can do that on this schedule. You have the Falcons, right? Matt Ryan. You have potentially a guy like Cam Newton late in the year. You have all the young quarterbacks. But you have Russell Wilson that you can go head-to-head with. You have Kyler Murray you can go head-to-head with. How much do you and Matthew Stafford in LA? How much do you think that Trevor Lawrence could seize those games to even raise his stock more and therefore the Jag stock more and have a lot of people buying the Jaguars stock moving forward based off a couple of the results like Herbert did last year?
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you here. It's kind of what put Kyler Murray on the map a little bit, too, and got him in the MVP conversation. It was that Seahawks game where he essentially out-dueled Russell Wilson, who at the time was the favorite to win the MVP. Anytime you're going against, you know, the best quarterbacks in the league, you know, we use that as a litmus test to see, well, how good are you really? Um And then those, you know, the examples that you gave are, are prime examples. You know, when you travel to L.A., you take on Matthew Stafford. When you play Russell Wilson, when you play Tom Brady, um those are those are the games that we're going to be like okay you know it's it's the it's the future versus the, the now the the future versus the present if you will so yeah i think those are those are monumental games not only from obviously uh a confidence standpoint from trevor lawrence but also i think a confidence standpoint of the jaguars fans saying all right you know he did okay against these big name quarterbacks we like what we have going
0: forward yeah i don't know if it even means anything austin but there's kind of like a subconscious, like right now, we feel like Trevor Lawrence is the man. And Trevor Lawrence is going to be here for a long time. And Trevor Lawrence is going to change the organization. Well, I think the next step, well, there's, there's a couple steps in between. And that's seeing him on the field in and, and August and even the preseason games. But I think beyond that, once you get to this rookie season, I think we want to see evidence, one, that he's, he's as good as we all think, right, at the NFL level. He gives us a decent first impression. You look at the end of the year and you say, hey, how many touchdowns, how many picks? Yeah, he played a couple poor games and rookie games, but he also did this. Mm-hmm. And then I think there's this other level of that that says, hey, man, he outdueled Russell Wilson in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Right? No, you know, for like, sure. He he dueled Zach Wilson. We got the better guy. Yes. Like, that's a good start. Like, I almost feel like we, I, I say we, I, I think Jags fans, I, th- I think people here, I think you need a couple of those. But the point being is there's plenty of opportunity for that on this schedule. And and we've known they were going to play these teams, so that's not new. But the opportunity for that exists. The one caveat here is the opportunity doesn't exist much potentially in prime time. It looks like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati in prime time, so there's one. But that might be the only – if the schedule that's been leaked out might be the only prime time game the Jaguars get. And so that that Herbert moment against New Orleans on Monday night, I think that's what it was, that – might not present itself. I don't know if that's needed, but I just think there is this, like, there's levels of Trevor Lawrence success that we want to, like, bookmark and and say there's another benchmark hit, you know? And I think along the way of the season, when we take it in totality, sure, but week by week, we want to be able to say, man, look what he did. Kyla Murray came to town, and Trevor and and this offense put on a show. Like, that would be a nice checkbox against uh, a team like Arizona that... Offensively looks pretty darn good,
1: no, for sure, um, you know and that 's kind of the issue that these games aren 't happening in prime time it 's one thing to take a look at a box score to see a stat line or go on Twitter and see the highlights and think, okay, Trevor Lawrence did good, but it 's another thing to watch that game on prime time, you know play after play after play, and really get a great idea um, of what Trevor Lawrence is bringing to the table that day. I do like the fact, though, that, you know, the, the Bengals game, if we assume that's going to be the Thursday night game and everything's in play early on in the season, that is early because it'll give people their first kind of chance to see Trevor Lawrence and what he's all about early on in the season. And it's probably a defense that, you know, could be a little porous where we can have success with. So that, that's got all the makings um, for, number one, obviously put the Jaguars on the map a little more and for also give Trevor Lawrence a little more confidence because, like I said, um, you know, in the, the start of the show here, if you go back two years, ago, Gardner Minshew put his name on the map from one Thursday night game against Tennessee, and then all of a sudden it was Minshew mania. All of a sudden it was off to the races. Now obviously it wasn't sustained, and it is what it is now, but for that moment in time, that Thursday night game turned everything around. I feel like the you know the same thing can be said for that Cincinnati game Thursday night with Trevor Lawrence.
0: Yeah, uh, quick two thoughts just to follow. We, we talked a little bit about this, but it's, if the leak stuff is correct, Jags look like they might end up with one primetime game only. I think that would be majorly disappointing, and I'm not even a primetime, oh my gosh, we need to have three, four guys, games. I'm not that guy, but I do think, given the storylines of the offseason, I expected more. And it just shows you, if that's the case, that the Jags have still some ways to go now in earning that national spotlight, uh, and hopefully Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, and this 2021 edition of the Jaguars can't do that. Um, as we head into 2022, or even later in the season, maybe they're a factor and a game gets flexed. But I ask it in this context, and I asked it a little bit earlier, Austin. I, I think I think Jags fans would be upset with that if it, if that's the case, if it's just one primetime game.
1: And they have every right to be. You know, I understand that you got to earn that, and you got to earn that spot and all that stuff. And I even understand back in 2017, when you go to the AFC Championship game, the next year, uh, fans felt disrespected. And once again, they they probably should have from the lack of primetime games. I'm a big proponent of primetime games for two reasons. Number one, I think it's more money for your team. And number two, it's more branding and getting your name out there to the national audience. I think last year, if we see Cincinnati had two primetime games, it echoes the question once again, where's the Jaguars' two primetime games? I get it. You know, one of the worst defenses last year. I get it, an offense that was, you know, middle of the pack, not a lot of star power, all that stuff. But this is a quarterback-driven league. People tune in to watch the quarterback perform. Rules get changed in the NFL to help the quarterback perform. You have Trevor Lawrence. He he has a record for the most jerseys sold in whatever, a, a short amount of time. Like, the analytics show, Twitter shows, the endorsement show that Trevor Lawrence could be a star. And why you don't showcase on, you know, showcase that his first year as a rookie and get a glimpse of it only for one game on a Thursday night? It's a little beyond me.
0: Yeah, we got some weather blowing in here at Fleming Island Golf Club as a uh, wind picks up. Hopefully, it won't storm. Uh, let's uh, do something that would be fun to do right here at the top of the tee. A little happy hour horn on a Wednesday in the five o'clock hour the islands and every
1: drop of Vida de Luis tequila. 100% blue agave from Tequila, Mexico. Good vibes.
0: It's a celebration. VidaDeLouie.com. Check it out where you can find a bottle of Vida de Luis, the only locally owned tequila in Jack's Beach, all the way from Tequila, Mexico. Three different flavors in Yejo, Blanco, Reposado. VidaDeLouie.com where you can find a bottle of uh, Vita de Louie tequila. Well, the schedule stuff will get Whoa. confirmed a little bit later on. Yeah. What you got?
1: Well, we got some breaking news coming out of Green oh. Bay. Nothing crazy, but the, uh, according to Tom Silverstein, who is a uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reporter and Green Bay Packers beat reporter, um, this will be a nice little tease for the next segment here, but the Packers oh. have shown interest in a former, uh, let's, let's just say maybe a current or a former Jaguars quarterback.
0: Oh, okay. Very good tease. You're you like good that? at this business. That is nice.
1: How you like Very that? Very good,
0: Austin Lane. Tease of the week, at least.
1: Now let's go to back-to-back-to-back to back to back Brent Martino commercials, and then check us on the other side of the show here, and we'll have, we'll have that information for you.
0: <laughs> we'll be back on ESPN 690. Well done. <laughs> Brent Martino. They probably already have one. Cornholing, Austin Lane.
1: <laughs> you are have a call from PR in a little bit here.
0: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. I think if you have a star quarterback or a player like a like a Aaron Rodgers or a Joe Montana or a Brett Favre or one of those guys, who is your franchise really, um, then you don't treat him quite the same way you do all the rest of the players. Yeah, that, that's not to mean you, you you let him cross the line, but he is responsible for your team winning most of the time, and so you better have a good understanding with that player. And that that sort of thing seems to have broken down there, obviously, and uh, it's too bad in my opinion. I don't have no idea who that is.
1: Hmm. I wasn't paying attention.
0: Former NFL head coach. Uh, Mike Holmgren? Holmgren?
1: Yes. Okay, I said it first. I got there, got there just a little quicker than you did. Brent Martineau, 3-1. Brent Martineau, Very behind good. the count, 3-1. to one.
0: Very good. Ah. ah, Good old Mike Holmgren. So the deal in Green Bay now, according to this report, and after your terrific tease.
1: Yep. Thank you.
0: And now updated by the Schefters. And Peliceros of the
1: world. Yeah, I got there just a little quicker, guys. Have to keep up with me.
0: Blake Bortles to the Green Bay Packers. Yes. How about that? Does that make <laughs> sense? How
1: about that? Uh I mean, I it, it makes sense, right? Because once again, talk about connections. Hey, there better be a freak out about Blake Bortles going to play quarterback in Green Bay, though, huh? There, there better be some kind of outrage because of the Nathaniel Hackett connection. Yes. All right? If Tim Tebow is getting chastised for being a third-string tight end, there better be some uh, some ammo left on Twitter saying, why is Blake Boros going to Green Bay? Because I'd rather give up Gardner Minshew just saying Green Bay. <laughs> I think Minshew is a little more promising just saying Green Bay. But it is what it is. I, I, I feel like a used car salesman, Brett, like, yeah, sure, you can go with a nice, you know, econo- you know it, it, it's a, an economy, it's, it's Blake Bortles, you can go with him, or you can upgrade and get this nice luxury Gardner Minshew over here for just a fraction more, just a fraction more, but Green Bay, we love you, we're going to give you a discount. Can I interest you in the, in the Gardner Minshew, sir? But no, Blake Bortles it is.
0: Well, we talked about this last week, and we wondered actually, and, and somebody actually tried to say it was a slow day, and it wasn't, I thought it, it was a curiosity of will Blake Bortles even play in the NFL again? Mm -hmm. And this was a landing spot that we suggested, uh, and I think others did too, but then you kind of married the pieces together of Nathaniel Hackett. If you need a quarterback, he got the best out of Bortles that season. They have a very good relationship, Nathaniel Hackett and Blake Bortles. Less publicized than Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow, by the way. (laughs) But they do have a very good relationship. And so, obviously, this is an insurance policy of sorts, for the Green Bay Packers, they had nobody else on their roster, I think, even, right? Austin, other than Jordan Love? Um. Yeah, it's Aaron
1: Rodgers and Jordan Love, so, yeah, they definitely need a it. backup. Yep, correct, correct.
0: So, I guess if you're the Packers, I ask you this question. This is good for Blake Bortles to get an opportunity to reunite with uh, Hackett and Mercedes Lewis up there? And Alan Lazard? But, uh, <laughs> and maybe, hey maybe gets a chance, you know, get chance to latch on to a team. I, the opportunities are slim right now, it would yeah. seem, for Bortles, and that's why we even wondered if he would play again in the NFL. But I guess if I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, I'm even asking myself, okay, do I like this move, or do I like us trading for a guy like Gardner Minshew? If I'm a Jacksonville quarterback, do I try to trade a six-round pick for Gardner Minshew, or do I sign Blake Bortles? Well, what, according, what are you feeling better about?
1: According to my text messages right now, there's not a lot of hype in um – and Blake Bortles, from some of my friends who are Packers fans right now reading the news, um, they're in shambles uh, for sure. I, I like Minshew better. I, I really do because, to me, he's shown a lot more in a shorter amount of time. I think we've seen the sample size with Blake Bortles. And nothing against Blake Bortles. I think he's a fantastic guy. But, like, I think we know what Blake, or what Blake Bortles can give you. Now, we may know what Minshew can give you, too, and I think if we talk about that, the value there is with Minshew over Bortles. But I guess if you're talking about, you know, Wisconsin and the Great Lakes, I, I guess the boat was made for the Great Lakes, Brent, so have fun, Green Bay Packers. Not the stash. Not the stash, I guess. I don't know, man. Uh,
0: listen, I again, this is this is free, essentially. It's without compensation true, true. for a guy like Mitch. And this right now is an insurance policy, not necessarily in desperation mode, at least from what we know of yet, for the Green Bay Packers. What does the addition of Bortles, or any real quarterback, doesn't have to be Bortles related, what does it say about the Aaron Rodgers situation? Do you read more into it? Is this just a smart move by the Packers? Did they have to add another quarterback anyway at some point, and they're just doing it now? Or does this ramp up the speculation of Aaron Rodgers either retiring or getting traded?
1: First of all, there's no way that guy's going to retire, I don't think. Um, I think this was out of necessity more than anything. Uh, I think, you know, with mini camps and everything coming up, like, I'm, I think it's all about, you know, a foregone conclusion that Aaron Rodgers is going to be at home regardless if he's playing for the Packers or not, right? Yeah. Well, you're not going to have your training camp spearheaded by one quarterback. It just doesn't work like that. So you have to get it back up in there. Um, even when we're talking about, you know, like the real NFL training camp right before preseason and all that stuff, we're not sure what Aaron Rodgers is going to do quite yet either. But you always take three quarterbacks at least in training camp, that one guy to run the scout team and all that stuff. So, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I'm not going to look too far into it. Um, I think that this had to be done regardless of who it was. Obviously, it being Blake Bortles makes you raise a couple of eyebrows when there's other players out there. But I'm not surprised to bring another quarterback in.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not. They nobody goes to any camp or anything with two quarterbacks, right? I mean, nobody does that anyway. So they were going can't to have say to that. add one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were going to add one. So to your point, and I think that's a very good point. You've got mandatory minicamp coming up. Uh, You've got, uh, you know, whatever you want to start putting in place in Green Bay. You are going to eventually sign. Like a guy like Bortles might not normally be signed until later in August or or even mid-August or late July or sometimes, heck, even around like the Labor Day weekend. But I do think your point's a good one about even this upcoming timing of the schedule. Uh, in the NFL, where even on the horizon in a few weeks is a mandatory mini-camp, and you're not going to go there with one quarterback, and Aaron Rodgers, quite frankly, can pay any fine he wants to pay, and he doesn't have to worry about going to anything if he's not in a good mood and not on the same page with the Packers. So this probably is, at least in the interim, more of an anticipation that Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be in the building at Lambeau Field or in Green Bay anytime soon.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're a Packers fan, I don't read too much into this um it's just this had to be done by somebody you know so it might as well be a guy that you know the offensive coordinator has had a relationship with he's had some sort of success with makes a lot of sense
0: yeah i think it does make some sense in in that uh capacity uh i I, I, you were gone yesterday but just you just said it you don't think he's going to retire or anything like that but the kuz and i did the prop bet it was even money man on if he would retire on this prophet. It was minus one twenty, minus one twenty, yes oh, or well, no.
1: Let me go and call my Swiss bank account right now and start transferring some funds over. Because I'll it. I'll put that bet down all day. There's I don't think Aaron Rodgers retires. I don't think he goes out like this. I don't think a guy who, you know, for the first part of his career lived in Brett Favre's shadow uh, and then now a guy who's you know playing with the likes of Tom Brady, I don't think a guy like that just wants to go out with uh, not on his own terms and say, well, I had to quit because the team didn't give me what I wanted. I think Aaron Rodgers wants to go out on his own terms, uh, and that's hoisting another Lombardi Trophy. So I have a hard time believing that there's any even percentage of his mind right now um, that is thinking about walking away from the game, regardless of how much of a mess that it is in Green Bay, which could be a little embellished, as we saw from the Adam Schefter reports, uh, a little more than a week ago.
0: Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. But the bottom line is Blake Bortles getting another chance at least to sign on with an NFL team. And the question of last week is his career over in the NFL is no, it's not, uh, at least for now. Blake Bortles to the Green Bay Packers. Hey, I wanted to chat uh, a little bit before the end of the show. Mental health in sports, this won't be a a long segment, uh, but just a thought or two on it. I'll I'll give you the inspiration behind it also. It is Mental Health Awareness Month uh, in May. We've had a lot of these deep conversations before when it comes to sports. Austin's very good on this front uh, from social media aspect to pressures of an athlete aspect. Uh, but where are we at with mental health in sports? Are, are we getting better or are we getting worse is really my question. Uh, we talk about it next. Action Sports shacks on ESPN 690.
1: Keith's perspective on this one is as if he's a GM who has longevity at his job. So let me give you the other perspective from Research. the GM who has yeah. not sure about that. Yeah. It's going to be Justin Fields from day one. Because that buys me enough time to say, look, we threw a rookie quarterback out there. We had him work with a guy like Andy Dalton. It was an interesting year. But look look at the, the progress that he showed. Look how he's building. This is what our future looks like.
0: That's Jay Williams. Jay Zubin. Tishawn in the morning, ESPN 696 a.m. until 10 a.m. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 693 p.m. until 6 p.m., which means we're winding down here on a Wednesday from top of the tee at Fleming Island Golf Club. Of course, got 18 holes of golf. they said they've been getting a lot of play. Course is in good shape, and then they have this top tracer range up here. And let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten bays. Uh, with a bar and food, and it's just a fantastic, cool place if you haven't checked it out, especially if you're on this side of town, top of the tee at Fleming Island Golf Club. It's our second visit with ESPN 690 here. Plus, you can get the Dream 18 card and get discounted golf at Fleming Island Golf Club and seven other area courses, plus some free stuff. All you have to do is go to espn dot. Obviously, the schedule's the big story today. It'll be coming out in a little bit. Make sure you pay attention to ESPN690.com. Also, ActionNewsJacks.com as well. Uh, Stuart Weber and Marcel Robinson, along with Olivia Tassoli, will have a Facebook Live around 8 o'clock to go over the schedule on ActionNewsJacks.com. So you can check out uh, ActionNewsJacks' Facebook page. Make sure you check that out, along with Action Sports Jacks Facebook page. So plenty of schedule talk still to come. I want to get this in before we go, Austin. We've had these discussions before, and I simply ask, mental health, it's Mental Health Awareness Month uh, in the month of May, Mm -hmm. mental health in sports, um, is it getting better or getting worse?
1: Hmm. It's a great question. Um, I think it's getting better. I think as more education, um, more forms of of treatment and just self-awareness grows, I think it is getting better for the sport. But I'll be honest. And actually, I saw this from Jack Del Rio's Twitter, I think it was yesterday, where he commented, and I'm sure you've seen this viral video. It's all over the place right now. Did you see the video of those two kids in Pop Warner? Must yes, have been six or seven I years guess. old yes. colliding in that drill. Um, you know, it was
0: essentially like an Oklahoma drill. It was like say. an Oklahoma yeah.
1: drill, but it was even worse because it really... like. And it's hard to explain, obviously, just on the radio, but, um, but check out the video if you haven't seen it. But it literally... It sets the kid up that's trying to make the tackle up for failure because it's just, it's not a realistic NFL drill. It's not a realistic football drill in general. So, you know, when you see things like that, it's like, well, you still got a long ways to go, right? And I get every coach is different, has different philosophies. But I think overall, when I see that video and I see all the outrage of that video, that shows me that we're you know there's progress being made in terms of mental health and obviously player safety, especially whether you're a kid, you know, that's in Fifth or you know, five or six years old, or if you're a grown man then a like, fellow, I think it is getting better.
0: Well that's 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 good. I don't know how to measure that and I am assuming that's why when I ask the question it's kinda of like, well, not sure. I would say this, Austin. I feel like there's a lot more attention to it. Yeah. Right. And the admission to it, and uh, work on the players' behalf, but also the league's behalf, uh, behalf, to say we have to acknowledge that this is happening. This is an issue, and I think in that respect, the awareness of it is way better than it's ever been. Yeah. And it's it's not this taboo thing to admit to, although I, I assume it still is in all walks of life. But I think it's, I don't. I don't know if uh, this is the right way to say it, but it's becoming almost more okay uh, to say that, to admit that, to acknowledge it. See, I I feel like there's this level of, especially in male sports, this masculinity, and this isn't just a male sports thing, that you don't want to admit things Mm -hmm. um, sometimes in all sports, not just football. I wonder if some of those barriers have been broken down as of late. I wonder. I don't know.
1: You know, I think some have, Brett. Like you said, it's hard to quantify, right, exactly what's taking place and what progress is being made sometimes. But I think the fact that the NFL um, hasn't made – medical marijuana so taboo anymore i think that's a start right because now they're not really testing for um that anymore like that's a great start as opposed to having to take opiates to try to you know cover up some of the of the the brain injuries and things like that um i think to go in a more natural substance that's not habit forming, that's not addicting like opiates can be i think that's a step in the right direction and like you said i think the players being so self-aware now and having player empowerment the, and the ability to speak out um, if something's not right, I think that helps the cause as well. So, once again, do I have the exact answer? No, I don't. But I think if we look from where it was three or four years ago, I think progress has been made now. I'm sure there's still a long ways to go, but progress has been made.
0: One of the inspirations for this topic today uh, that I that I was thinking about is I saw this story, and I just retweeted it from Jeff Passan. He's worked on it. He's kind of put it out there this week. Um, I think in written form and also video form. But there's a, a young baseball player named Drew Robinson okay. who tried to take his life a year ago and in doing so lost his right eye. Mm-hmm. And he's now made a comeback to play in the minor leagues and actually hit a home run the other night, last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's... a like the story of, of comeback nature is incredible. Of having one eye and playing baseball is un- incredible. <laughs> but it also shows you the depth of how we got to that point with the Drew Robinson story. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's where it came kind of top of mind. I did retweet it if you want to check out the story. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. Um, but it also shows you that it's a it's it's just a constant reminder in in every walk of life but we talk sports a, a lot that you think this is this glorious glamorous nobody has any issues they got a lot of money they got a lot of fame type thing and i think what we have learned is there are countless examples of that's not true we yeah. just have to kind of uh peel our our layers back of what a, a star athlete or even a professional athlete is and and not be and not ignore those signs and and potentially those stories
1: no for sure and you know i, I look at a, a a great example like hayden hurst we we've had on the show and who's obviously spoke his truth and uh and spoke his story um you know that's the thing with professional athletes, and especially I compared to the NFL because you know I, I lived it, um, and I've been in those locker rooms, those locker rooms, and and it, maybe it's changed since when I played, but you know the, there can be that toxic masculinity. There the, there can be that environment where it's almost like you're afraid to say something, um, whether it is to a teammate, to professional help. It's just like you know you don't wanna you, you don't wanna come across as weak. Right. But when you have players like Hayden Hurst and, and you, like you understand the baseball player, I mean, there's there's tons of guys out there who, you know, they're they're so ingrained in, in helping people out that, you know, that they, they almost they, they sacrifice, you know, what society thinks about them so they can help people out. And that's what's the important thing is, is we put NFL players and MLB players or minor league baseball players, whatever the case may be, athletes are always on a pedestal. Right and now, yeah, they they deserve to be up there. But I love it when guys like Hayden Hurst can can bring the human element to it and take themselves off the pedestal and say, Guess what? I'm just like you. You know, I I I you know, I, I go through troubles, trials and tribulations just like anybody else. And that to me is is why I admire guys like that, that can actually add the human element to being put on the pedestal.
0: Yeah. Over the last year, I think the Hayden Hurst story is one that has inspired and brought maybe more attention to mental health and sports than any other. Yes. Uh, quite frankly. Um, his story and his willingness and courage to share his story. Hey, uh, the story tonight in uh, Jacksonville will be the schedule release. Make sure you pay attention to ActionNewsJax.com. Also, ESPN690.com. We'll talk all about it tomorrow. Yeah, the predictions and all the fun. Uh, but uh, it's coming up at 8 o'clock tonight. It will be official uh, what the Jaguars' 2021 schedule will be. That's going to do it from Top of the T here at Fleming Island Golf Club. We'll be back in studio tomorrow 3 o'clock on ESPN 6. We'll see you on TV tonight as well. CBS 47 and Fox 30. Have a good night, everybody.